works, I think. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, yeah, good. How are you? Can you hear me well? I can, yeah. Yesterday, uh, yesterday, last episode, I think my audio was screwed up because it did sound like I was on the International Space Station. Yeah, exactly. You had a kind of a metallic voice. I was yeah, wondering yeah. if you were not being replaced by some robot or something. It's AI. You've seen all those Instagram ads for let this AI bot write your blog posts. Well, let this AI <laughs> do bot your podcast. do your podcast for you. Were you actually in Montreal or was it an AI? I've never left the house. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Nobody has. Since COVID, we, we live yeah, in a simulation. We're all, yeah. We're all at home, actually, right? Even the football is not actually happening. Yeah, the World uh, no, Cup it's, is just, just, it's just FIFA 23. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about the football. What? I was about to ask you, the World Cup has started, man. Why you don't want to talk about football? Uh, I'm still smarting from yesterday's result. No, yeah, guys, you started you started so well. I mean, the first 25 minutes, I was like, these guys are going to win the World Cup. We played right, yeah. It was just, as an American fan, I always have high hopes but low expectations. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, this year, I went in with high hopes and moderate expectations especially after that first half but reality has a uh, cruel mistress <laughs> uh so what are you gonna do on 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 friday because it's gonna be england versus the us on friday evening so what are you gonna do well i've been down this road before in 2010 in, in south africa yeah um and it's difficult but i i i will be rooting for the us i hate i hate when this happens. And I hate even more that we have two home nations in our group. <laughs> I don't want to play and beat Wales. And I don't want Wales to beat us. I'd rather I'd rather play not one of the neighbors. Please. Yeah, I actually, yeah, no, I get, I get that. I will never get that issue because honestly, you know, Finland, Greece, and Switzerland, that rarely happens, right? I mean, mm. first of all, they have almost no chance. I mean, Switzerland is not that bad this year. Switzerland. Sorry, guys, yeah. by the way, we started recording and we're talking about football, but we have to. I mean, well, I've been waiting eight and a half years for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wales has been waiting, what, 64 years or something mm -hmm. to be in the World Cup? Yeah, which is, again, another reason why I wanted to just sit there, watch Wales play anybody else, uh, and cheer them on unreservedly, but I could not. Yeah, it was fun. Yesterday, I was at my local pub, and um, of course, I had way too many pints, by the way, <laughs> supporting the U.S., but it's not because I was supporting the U.S. I went to, uh, every time I went to the, to, the, to the bar to order a, another pint, I think all the guys there thought I was American, and I asked one guy, says, that's because of your accent. I'm like, What? <laughs> I mean, yeah, especially in London, a lot of people have uh, right accents I, like yours. I, I mean, I don't have a British accent clearly, but I don't think I have an American accent either. I have some some nondescript in the middle of anything accent. But anyway, so they all thought. So uh, I mean, it's a South Af South African owned pub. They usually only show rugby, um, uh, which was kind of fun the past few weeks with with the rugby, actually. But um, so it was quite a neutral place to be at. Uh, it was not Welsh. Uh, it was not uh, American either. So, yeah. But, yeah, I was also disappointed. I was supporting the U.S. I, am, I have this wager for 22 years now with a friend of mine. And I said, in my lifetime, the U.S. will win the World Cup. Yeah, I think with this current crop of players, it's not impossible, but... I think you might wait a little bit longer. Yeah, now this time, <laughs> who, who you, who you, would you foresee winning this? I think, I think if Eng if England can hold it together, I, I I think they have a chance. And then 
perhaps Argentina. We'll see. Yeah. Right now they're playing Saudi Arabia, which I suppose is is uh, pertinent. <laughs> Are they, yeah, they're playing in an hour. So we're recording today, the 22nd of November. It's a Tuesday and it's 9, 7 a.m. And at 10 a.m. here in the UK starts the game. Is that 10 a.m., right? No, no, 10 a.m. Uh, versus Argentina. Indeed. In Argentina, I, I'm... You know, the, the the teams, and I'm sorry we're boring people that don't care about football, soccer for you guys in the US. Uh, the teams that are not, that I don't see, you know, like see like every four years, I don't know how they're holding, you know, like Argentina. Obviously, like Brazil and Argentina, they are very high on my list, but I haven't seen them play. So I don't know. I will, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But Germany will win at the end. That's a role of football, right? <laughs> Penalties. I mean, Switzerland is not bad. I, they, they're not going to win, but I wish that they go to maybe any quarter, see mine. You know what? There's another way to do that, actually. First of all, I'm going to play the little good luck thing. I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. That was very, very, that came out very hot. Sorry for that, guys. Um, I, I, another another way to do that would be to look at our the rankings of our podcasts around the world, because we're a global podcast, so we have all the teams represented in our listenership. Currently, we're number one in Spain, so... There you go. Mm -hmm. Spain as uh, maybe the um, number one spot. Number two, South Korea. So Spain, South oh. Korea would be the the final. Maybe. <laughs> Spain, South Korea. That'd be a hell of a final. And we're number three in Argentina. Oh, okay. So well, they would okay. be when the... It's do like they reading tea leaves. Or do, do, they still the, do, the, do they still do this, uh, the, the third place final? Because I think the Euro I th dropped it. Oh, I mean, they, I don't know if they've dropped it, but they certainly used to. Yeah. I, yeah, I think so. That was, that's a fun game, even though it's, mm -hmm. it's this list. I mean, well, let's see. I, I love the first two weeks. Sorry, guys, again, we're talking about football. I love the first two weeks because there's literally a game every minute or something. Oh, I, so yeah, I love it too. Actually, days. it's very funny because I have uh, so many um, um, client calls and meetings that I've dropped, obviously. And now for some, it's so funny because every, so I had like three meetings rescheduled this week. And for, for some strange reason, they all happen in the, gap between two games right yes yeah i have also noticed that pattern <laughs> it's amazing totally it's okay really, with it. uh europe will be and probably a lot of other countries will be very useless for the next two weeks and then basically it's christmas so yeah the end of the year is upon <laughs> us <laughs> already uh belgium as well by the way i want to say that belgium for me is um i'm i'm rooting for belgium i really want uh I mean, of course, I'm rooting for England, but I really want like a small country to win this for once. Yeah. And Belgium as a, you know, as a as a good shot. Let's see, let's see. Uh, talking about rankings, the number one. I need to th say this because every single time we release an episode, but number one in that country is Singapore. Mm. So. Yeah, so thank you very much, guys. I mean, you're not in the World Cup. Uh, I wish you could win this, but uh, but thank you because every single time we release an episode, we sh shoot up to number one in Singapore. So that's, that's great. I need to get back out to Singapore. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, miss Singapore just for the hawkers for the for the food, man. Yeah. And and talking about since we're a little bit on numbers <clears throat> before I go on the. Uh, <laughs> releasing releasing a, an episode on pack. I, I wasn't checking the numbers because I don't really do that. You know, just whatever and uh when we released that episode in, in for, for pakistan holy cow <laughs> i mean usually the number one territory in terms of pure downloads is the us and then it's usually second is the uk and then you have you know australia germany or you know france whatever and <laughs> pakistan like doubled the number of you like the us it was number one for like two weeks in a row so thank you People in Pakistan, you yeah. you haven't criticized us and me for the description I've made about Pakistan. So I'm very happy. <laughs> You're the judge of my. <laughs> 
So yeah, so thank thank you very much. It was it was a great crazy crazy we, weekly numbers. And the other thing I hadn't noticed is that um, we are certainly I didn't realize that we certainly are very strong on Spotify as well. I, I oh I forgot we were even on. Yeah, Spotify. we I never. We never really kind of talk about these kind. Of, we don't even ask for anything. So yeah, you can you can put us up ratings there. You cannot review, but you could put stars. So if you want to do that, that would be nice. Don't put one star. <laughs> yeah, any <laughs> star but one star. Ask to be yeah, multiple stars. If you if you hate us, just just uh, just don't do it. Um, oh, the music. Forget. Where is the music? Mess it this time. There you go. Yeah. So do do you have your laptop next to you just in case the game starts and you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I mean, uh, we, well, we wouldn't have recorded this if it was during a game I actually, either of us actually yeah. were massively invested in. But no, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, that's why, guys, yeah, that's indeed he's right. That's why we decided to to record this now because probably the rest of the, the, rest of the month we wouldn't have been able to record yeah. anything anyway. Um, we want to make a shout out to Mark uh, because he's been, um, where, hold on, I need to. You've never been to Canada? Uh, to Mark. I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mark, because he actually gave us a shout out on an interview that he did for um, a, blo a blog that's called Atlas and Boots, mm. uh, which is a travel blog. And it's a very cool interview, by the way. It discusses about a lot of the stuff that we discussed, but also more. And he said, um, he, said that he, uh, he was on the Layover podcast. Uh, he had an awesome time with Paul and Alex. And I couldn't believe that two hours had passed when Paul finally said goodbye to the audience and switched off the recording. And he, the reason he mentioned this is because he, we, we, I don't know if you remember, guys, we talked about the number of countries that we hit. And if you could count a country, if you just had been to the airport. <laughs> and uh, for him, that's Athens. Uh, he mentioned that, I think, that Athens. Has he been to, Ath to, to Greece because he's just, uh, to Athens because he's just been to the airport? But he calculated, actually, since uh, for this article that he released on Atlas and Boots, atlasandboots.com, uh, he calculated the number of countries been to, and that's around 70. Wow. So uh, I, I don't think I've ever calculated the number of countries. I don't think I have either. I must be around that, I think. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. pretty pretty close. I, yeah, I need to go back and, and check. Yeah. Uh, the title of the, if you want to read that, it's a very cool interview by, for, um, uh, by Mark. The Travel That Changed Me by Mark Van Honecker. It was released on the 12th of November, so just like 10 days ago on atlasandboots.com. Check it out. <clears throat> also, uh, Giovanni on... Uh, am I coming too hot, by the way, with the sound, Alex? I'm sorry, I interrupted no, no. you. Okay, good. Um, sorry, guys, technical things, because I'm on a different setup as last time again. Uh, Giovanni uh, is at... A350XWBULR, mm. which is pretty Very cool. specific. <laughs> very, 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 very cool uh, handle on Twitter. Uh, he says, I like your podcast so much. You make us flying with you, tailwind and blue skies to you, Paul and Alex. That's kind. That's, that's very nice. Thank you, Giovanni. Uh, you really have a cool handle on, on Twitter, by the way. You, you must be a fan of the 350, as we both are as well. Um by the way, Twitter is, is going all insane, and I don't want to... <laughs> I've lost... Like, it seems like every day, like, people are just, like, disconnecting their accounts, like, canceling their accounts. Mm -hmm. uh, like, because it's, like, some av geeks I was following, and I'm like, why am I not seeing them? And then I go, like, oh, something went wrong, and they just deactivated. Yeah. It is what it is, man. Um, and uh, Chris Radcliffe, long-time listener. Yeah, Chris is a top guy. Uh, Whiskey exactly. expert. 
in the he uh, uh, says upgraded to a broken seat, which is what you said last time. Upgraded to a broken seat is now my work in my work library of metaphors. Lovely, yeah. Upgraded to a broken seat. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I had never considered its metaphorical value, but yeah, that's a very good point. <laughs> also, I now that you've actually it was not your AI, or was it? But now that I've actually seen the attaché episode of. You at Montreal. I understand why you told us last time you were going on a diet. How many poutines did you eat? Oof. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I've been waiting 43 years to have it. So when that and it's, I couldn't believe you actually on purpose waited. Yeah, it just felt right. And I can't think of any other dish that I've done that with. I think I've learned the hard way that if you try and recreate a culinary experience somewhere outside of the joyous place you first experienced it, you're just going to be filled with disappointment. So I wanted to go and <laughs> set the bar. And it, yeah, so yeah, it was, it was great. But I, yes, I have gone on a pretty substantial diet. Uh, but no, I was good. Back I mean, to Florence, uh, where the diet was put on pause. So yeah, of course, well, all... you had to. Come on, I mean, it's Florence. I mean, we'll talk about this later in the show. But yeah, I mean, you had to, especially for the the steak they do. They have their own um, what's the name? I forgot Florentine the steak. Yeah, steak a la a la Firenze or whatever. Firenze, yeah, <laughs> very very good. Oh my uh, So yeah, you had to. But yeah, no, I uh, I decided not to go on a diet now because it's a welcome. <laughs> No, it's a bad excuse, I, I guess, because I'm looking at myself at the camera. And, and, and no, 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 stop. Like a fat right. blob. Um, it's irritating. One, it's one, one reason that, uh, so I've never been to Canada, as, uh, as you guys know, it's becoming a running joke in this podcast. One of the reasons that I'll probably never be able to go to Canada is what I'm about to say. Have you have you seen probably the the, the the very famous movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding? Yes, where you know the father pretends that everything comes from Greece. You know, uh, kimono, 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 kimona, kimona. It means in Greek it means winter, winter. There's snow, snow. It's white, so kimono is white, so kimono comes from Greek. So, <laughs> in the same vein, poutine. And I'm really sorry for my. I'm gonna be banned from entering, uh, especially Quebec. Poutine for me is like a year or so because basically, yeah, you, you put cheese, it's feta. Yes, you put meat and sauce, which is the gravy. And, and uh, yeah, so for me, um, poutine is euros and it's exactly the same. So oh, probably good. poutine yeah. comes from Greece. There you go. <laughs> but sorry, guys, I'm going to be banned forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <clears throat> and also, you know, since uh, because euros actually comes from the region of my family and my family comes from what is now it is Turkey, um, uh, so um, Anatolia and uh, Smyrna, so Izmir currently, beautiful city you have to you have to visit, and of course the Turkish version of yours is called kebab, yeah, right. So I'm now person and on grata to Canada, three countries. Yeah. Uh, Mark, I'll, I'll never I'll, I'll never go. Je vais être attaqué par des hordes de Québécois. I'm going to be attacked by uh, hordes yeah. of Quebec. How do you say Québécois? In, uh, Québécois, I guess. I don't know if there's a word in English. Um, you miss telling us. The one thing that I really loved about Montreal, your episode of that, I should watch it, guys. It's really nice. I've never been, but obviously, <laughs> is that the bus that takes you from the airport to the city is 747. Yeah, I thought I wrote that in the VO, but yeah, it is the 747 bus. And That's I actually so had some, cool. Yeah, it's clever. And apparently, there were a few people in the comments who said, actually, it's pretty, pretty reliable, but they are building a more um, robust train service, apparently. Um, but yeah, it's, um, 
that that episode has revealed just how delightfully pleasant uh i don't know about the quebecois generally but certainly people who live in montreal were very very kind in their comments and that doesn't always happen so yeah, thank canadians you, are not known to be kind yeah but it didn't happen in our montreal and vancouver episodes oh did not oh it did not <laughs> at all oh yeah i remember there was one when people were yeah i'm, I'm not gonna open toronto yeah wounds. toronto um but montreal i found that very unfair but i mean you know that's what? don't read the comments as we say as we say right oh yeah no don't it's not good for your mental health oh <laughs> uh, so yeah saudi arabia yeah that, that's that's where I, I mean for those who follow me on instagram knew that that's where i've been um last month now it's been yeah it's been four weeks um to yeah the 22nd i came back on the 19th or something so yeah uh, saudi arabia um i'll start with why first uh, because obviously when you talk saudi arabia it evokes a lot of different things to different people uh including controversy i'll admit it obviously um first i think because we, we keep having of course new listeners and i don't want this podcast to be we don't want to this podcast to be always inside baseball so sometimes it's good to kind of reset the room um good point alex comes from a family of vintage aviators you know <laughs> you have a dna <laughs> no but what I mean, what I mean is that you have a DNA of people who have lived in different parts of the world, uh, and you've lived yourself in Asia when you were quite young. Uh, actually, Hong Kong, obviously, uh, we discussed that many times over. For me, Asia and uh, the, the, the East, when you talk about the East compared for Europe, was was something completely unknown for a very, very long time. The my my my, my holidays when I was a kid was going to Greece by car, <laughs> going to oh, Finland wow. by car. Uh, so we uh, to Greece, you, you you would go from Switzerland, where I was born, drive to all the way down to Italy to Ancona, and then take the boat and arrive to Greece. And to go to Finland, you would go drive up to the top north of Germany and take a, a ferry as well and go to to Finland. So and wow. and but the big holidays, the big travels for me were in the U.S. My father was in love with the United States. He had friends there. Uh, we lived briefly in 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 Florida or in Illinois. I mean Chicago. I done many trips there, which is why I I know a little bit the U.S. more than other countries as a kid, of course, including Disney and everything. But when it comes to the East, so Asia and, and the Middle East, I knew nothing. And for me, my upbringing about these countries were uh, from movies because I was heavily watching movies and books. Obviously, um, I know for Asia it could be uh, the Bridge of a uh, River Kwai, mm. which is set in Burma nowadays, uh, Myanmar, or um, Lawrence of Arabia. Both the movie. And the book that I read when I was quite young, actually, that, that kind of like triggered like something I wanted to go, but I didn't really know. But movies, when I started going by myself, I don't know, do you have, and I'm not talking about travel here in general, do you have movies that are the ones that, you know, made you or like that, that mattered to you a lot when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there's ones that you that you can still go back to even now that are either goofy comedies or angsty when you're kind of in your teenage years that, yeah, you, you still reference and think about. And they hold up, too. They're, they're not damaged by that kind of rose-tinted glasses. Yes. So, so my, I'm slightly older than Alex, not that lot, but a little bit. For most of my friends, when, when I ask a question, the series of movies that, come, that comes up is Star Wars. Please, Academy. Oh. Wait, 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 which one did you say? <laughs> One or two people are laughing right now because they get that right. <laughs> Police Academy, yep, one through seven. I love that movie, man. 
Those movies were absolutely amazing. Oh my god! I think we could do an entire episode on on Polysecanic. Star Wars, of course. Yes, I was an absolute Star Wars kid, but not for me. I mean, because probably I didn't see them in the theater. Uh, I, I I saw, I think, only one of the two Ewoks movies that came out, oh. like maybe like in the 80s. Exactly, right? <laughs> so, so for me, the movies that I grew up with were Indiana Jones. For me, mm -hmm. that were, for me, uh, there was something about them. And, um, of course, Raiders of the Lost Ark and the Temple of Doom. But the one that really, uh, and of course, James Bond's were important. I think the the Living Daylights actually, which is one of my favorites, because it's probably the first one, not the second one I saw in the cinema. Uh, by the way, it's it's actually in Afghanistan again, the East, even though I think it was filmed in Morocco. Uh, so back to um, um, back to Indy, um, and then I remember because it's a movie for me that matters a lot. Uh, for travel, I went to see Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade in the cinema, and uh, in 1989, I think it, that is right. And uh, I mean, first there's this connection between Indy and his dad, played by Sean Connery, and my dad was very similar to Sean Connery. No, he's, he's not a movie star, but kind of a, that cheeky relationship. That's the kind of relationship I had with my dad, so it was really nice. But the thing that and everybody remembers that, is that famous scene where they go to the temple, which of course is filmed in Jordan, in Petra in Jordan, mm -hmm. you know, through that valley, and then they arrive and the temple opens. And I remember that scene, that's the scene that made me want to travel. Because it's the wow. first time in my life that I said, oh my God, I need to see this. I need to see this. Right, and um, it took me 10 years, uh, more or less, because I went to Petra in 2000, I had a wedding of a friend in actually in in Jerusalem, and then I went across the border and went to Jordan and visited the Wadi Rum, etc. And I went to Petra, and my God, I was so happy. We went super early. We we slept the night before. Uh, it was before Instagram and everything, so it was great because it was still not as probably mm. touristed as it is today. There was no barriers. I've heard that since then they've installed barriers to, and I get it because it was just too many people to avoid people, you know, entering the the, the temples and you know obviously destroying them or at least you know damaging them so it was very free and we started like i think at the door i mean it was a basic basic kind of chain that opened at 7 a.m and we walked through the whole day and we uh, like climbed up the monastery which is at the very end anyway that was one of my best thing and but it all started with with indiana jones right it all started with the last crusade and that's what made me want to travel and that's the first time uh petra that's the first time i went to to the middle east um and i what i didn't know then and i learned only like in 2002 2003 is that the same um civilization the Nabatheans, the same civilizations that i didn't ask have you been to petra actually no um, not oh, yet well you have to trust me yeah no, it's I'm really definitely uh, i mean I understand for some people it's old stones, uh, but no. I love to see what people built. You know, this is why I love cities. Is I not that I don't like nature, but I like to see what people, people, and civilizations and nations etc. built. And of course, Petra is a great example of that. And so that civilization that has now disappeared, uh, I learned in two thousand two and three that they've actually had built another place, and that other place was in Saudi Arabia that was recognized in 2008 by UNESCO. It's a World Heritage Site. Uh, but obviously Saudi Arabia was, and it's been closed for tourism for like very, very, very long time. And also by 2008, 
when uh, it was back on the news, or at least for most people, it came up to, to the news about having these uh, cities in Saudi Arabia. Not only it was closed, but I was living in Japan. So for me, like going, I was like, whatever. And again, the country was closed. In September 2019, at very, I think it was 23rd, 25th of September, and you understand how much that means to me is wanting to see this yeah. because I remember the date they said we're going to allow uh, tourism to Saudi Arabia and the first thing I saw I was like I'm, I need to go I need to go I need to see this I need to absolutely see this and we know what happened I mean we ha I had plans I even have messages that I've sent like in around the end of 2019 including up to January 2020 when I said like I'm planning and I was literally planning to go in 2020 and then we know what happened <laughs> COVID happened, everything was closed, shut down, et cetera. And um, so fast forward, finally opportunity comes up, I can go to Saudi Arabia and I decided to go. Uh, and so the, I'll tell you how obviously, because we're an aviation podcast, but seeing these tombs, uh, because the, there are tombs, if, again, just picture in your mind what you've seen in Indiana Jones. <laughs> These are, these are tombs built by this civilization, the Nabatheans, who were all around the region, not only, of course, in Jordan and Saudi Arabia. Uh, seeing them in the middle of the desert is like something out of this world. I think it's even better than Petra. It's just like wow. something that was, I was, I'm so happy. I'll, I'll go how and when uh, and how I went there in a minute, but it was, it's one of the, I, so I'm so happy to have seen Indiana Jones because it, it, it really triggered that want of discovery and adventure um, um, and, and it led me to go to Saudi Arabia. So <laughs> you go, this is why I went. Um, it, no, honestly, it's, uh, it's, it's, I know, I, I remember you seeing something in, uh, you remember your attache episode about Beirut mm. that we, I mean, we did together. I was there. Yeah. Yeah. You were there. Uh, you said, and that marked me, you said, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't, I haven't seen it lately, but you said, you're probably never going to come to Beirut. And probably, guys, you're never probably never going to come to Saudi Arabia. Uh, I know <laughs> that it's it's going to grow in tourism, but I understand that for a lot of people, for a lot of reasons, you you you're not uh, maybe not going to go. It's not going to be in your plans. Uh, but uh, and I'm not going to try to tell you to go, and I'm not going to try you to 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 to. But I just want to explain how it went and how interesting it is because the the other thing that I love about Indiana Jones, um, and I know I'm doing these metaphors now forever, is that mm -hmm. it, and that is that Harrison Ford, the way he plays, and that actually applies to Han Solo as well. He, he deals with ambiguity, and I think to be a good traveler, and I know that you are, you have to deal with ambiguity. Mm -hmm. Like it's not not everything is black and white. And in particular for travel, for me at least, because I, I'm very curious about people, is to realize that whichever country you go, whichever place you go, there's vast differences is how people, like the everyday, the Alex of the Paul in Saudi Arabia, the Alex of the Paul in Tokyo, the Alex of the Paul in Buenos Aires are, are nothing or very little to do with the country they live in. Of course, it's part of their culture, but you can dislike or even more hate uh, some regimes and still uh, consider that the people who live there are have nothing to do with it. And it's for me, very, that's very, very important. Interesting you say that. I was just talking to my eldest son about that this morning. Oh, really? Yeah, that exact concept of you can disagree to put it mildly, with a regime or leadership, but that doesn't, it's not representative of a people, and it's important to make that distinction, because yeah, that's where hate comes from. 
Is it, is, it, is it because of the World Cup that you were discussing this? or No, he's fascinated in kind of geopolitics as all kind of tweens, tw tween boys are, especially when there's kind of active military conflict. So, mm -hmm. And they're studying uh, World War I in history. So it's, you know, it's something that he's kind of thinking about and how nations relate to each other and yeah. why leaders are bad but people aren't, that type of thing. But you can see how quickly and easily they anyone can go from – Uh, a regime making a choice or a leadership making a, a decision or implementing whatever to therefore everybody from there is bad in the mind. Yeah, that's, that's a difficulty because we make shorthands when we discuss, we say, uh, uh, I don't, X country has done that, right? Like we say, uh, Y country has done this. And we know that it's more complicated than that. Uh, and by the way, it happens in all directions because, oh, sure. because I've, I've, I've seen like, big remarks about the US being made in a lot of different places around the world. And you want to say, well, but I mean, you can dislike the regime or dislike the, you know, the current president or administration. Uh, you can still love Americans like I do. There's, you know, there's no direct relationship. It doesn't mean that everybody, some people agree with such X regimes and Y, yeah. but it's, it, you know, it's shades of gray. Uh, and actually there's a, <laughs> I'm going to quote Indiana Jones right here. An X never marks the spot, right? So it's a uh, that's it's 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 it's, it's a complicated world. Uh, the reason I was asking you about Qatar because obviously there's a lot of um, debate uh, since the World Cup started, and, and I get it as well. But having been to 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 Doha again, I mean the, the people there were very. I mean, it's complicated, and I do understand. I want to put it out there because we're talking about Saudi Arabia evokes to a lot of people different things and and I, I totally understand and it was actually fascinating when I was when I was traveling there and I was putting a few stories on, out on Instagram how many people reached out to me and all the questions that were uh, it was a lot of curiosity which is probably also due to the people like the kind of people the kind of friends I've ha I have and the kind of people that follow me they are curious and not like you know dismissive but it was very interesting the questions they had and the uh, the the type of um, inquisitive curiosity that they had and um so i'm gonna try to answer a few of those during the podcast which is not the, the point of course we're an aviation podcast but it's um yeah i think by the way your sons will turn up like me be careful because um i also love they used to talk about politics when i was eight years old <laughs> just be careful yeah you don't want them to be like <laughs> no no and i want them to be relentlessly curious i think is probably what i yeah Uh, 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 because I, yeah, before and, and then I'll start. Promise you guys, I'll start uh, going there. Um, yeah, I, I've got shit from going to countries, but I've got shit to go into. So I, I remember I went to Skopje, so it's uh, North Macedonia, and I have friends in Greece, Greece that told me, "Why are you doing there? You're a traitor." Mm. I had uh, when I went to Tirana, and, and, and I love Skopje. When I went to Tirana in Albania, I had also lots of jokes or very xenophobic from. People I knew in Switzerland because we have a big Albanian. I mean, we know that because of uh, the the football players, you know, Xhaka and. and uh, but and I was like, I, I hate this. I mean, maybe also because I'm an immigrant myself. My parents were immigrants, and and sons and daughters themselves from refugees. But I'm not got that. Uh, and the, the the shit, pardon pardon my French here, but the shit I gotten as well from going simply to Pakistan. I mean, again, some. Really, and that's a minority, but it happens every single time. Mm -hmm. right? And I, I find it very, and I, I and I keep telling these, pe these people, uh, they're not close friends, obviously, but I keep telling them, just go, or shut yeah. up, <laughs> or shut yeah. fuck up, but just go. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, 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 it's fascinating to see the, the, how people live and how actually how much they resemble us in a way. Oh, for sure. Uh, 
but you don't see that unless until you go um so anyway i that's that's one of the reasons i keep traveling and you keep traveling i want to witness i want to see this and some places i would like some places i would like less and that's fine but uh, you're not going to dismiss them dismiss them before going but anyway again I understand that Saudi and 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 then address some of these um, exp- why some people um, have um, let's um, hesitations. Mm-hmm. Um, so booking, I decided why uh, uh, there was a few options. Obviously, Qatar Airways, uh, Emirates, Saudia. BA was not. I couldn't find easy 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 flights to go. Oh my God! No BA. way. But also, so there's two things. So I was flying to Jeddah, which is not the, the capital, right? Jeddah is the most cosmopolitan city uh, because it's like in every country in the world, the city that is on the port is usually the most cosmopolitan. This way, Osaka is more cosmopolitan, more open in a way than Tokyo. Uh, and that's every, because they were the cities say. that were open to the to the trade and open to the foreigners. It's Karachi in Pakistan, the same, right? So Jeddah is, the, is a port city, so it's very open to trade. Um, but it's not considered the season uh, for tourism, as in for tourism, even for trade, uh, you know, because it's so hot during the summer, then it's like, you know, like you've been as well to, um, I don't know, Dubai, for instance. Most of the stuff, the business trade stuff happens between November to March mm-hmm. because that's where the temperatures are, are, are lower. So going in October was a bit early. So maybe that's why BA was not offering flights like a lot. I don't know. So um, I ended up going with Emirates. Um, all the flights were super freaking expensive, crazy. Mm. The thing is, it, they were not, you know, because I was looking at various options, the flights from, for instance, Dubai to Jeddah or from Doha to Jeddah were pretty empty. There were the legs from London that were completely full. And yeah. that's why the press, it's crazy. So I had to go to Gatwick, actually, because the flights from Heathrow were so full that I thought... I'd had better chances to get upgraded, maybe if I get to Gatwick, but actually that turned out not to be the case because they were also completely full. So uh, that was, uh, but anyway, so uh, yeah, the visa, I had to do a visa. Uh, You have to do a tourist visa to go to Saudi Arabia. It's very, very easy. You go on a website, it takes you like four minutes (laughs) to do the visa uh, compared to a few other countries. It's very, very easy. Um, The COVID, the rules were, I wasn't wasn't clear because I I believe most of the websites, including the, the 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 official UK website, you know, were not up to date because they were still telling you there were some restrictions. There were none. There was nothing required to go to enter to no vaccination, nothing. Uh, however, because I could read different things in different places, I still decided to go on their official vaccination registration thing. And, uh, well, you and me, we have three shots because as most of the people in the UK, you, I couldn't register. The th- if I put one and then the second, the third had to be 2022. And I was like, yeah, but I got my third one in 2021. They, couldn't, they wouldn't allow me to put the date of the third in 2021. Right. So I don't know why. But anyway, it doesn't matter because since I've gone now, Nobody cared. The airline didn't care. Nobody asked me for at Emirates check in my for any certification. Nobody cared in the entry in Saudi Arabia. Nobody cared in any place in Saudi Arabia. I don't know if it's a case of just domino because they all assumed that somebody asked you before and nobody did. But nobody ever cared. And I had a few other people because I've asked around people that I know that, that do business there. And I said, did they ever ask you? you? Say no. So lately, so 
Basically, you don't have to do anything. So just a visa. However, the visa is more expensive. So usually, I think it's a maybe twenty bucks or something. The visa is like more than is like a hundred twenty, hundred thirty bucks, I think, because. And uh, you'll understand why is because they've actually included um, medical uh, travel, basically insurance within the visa, mm. because that's part of their rule. They say you need to have COVID um, COVID uh, coverage, uh, which I have through my two travel insurance I use all the time. But I think because they don't want to deal with having to check every single one, they say you know what. That's part of the package. If you pay a visa, you have the travel insurance is included and it covers you. At least, you know, it's a peace of mind because you know that you have exactly what is required to enter the country. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. that's so a good that, point. Yeah. And the it was, I think I did the visa, it was like 6 p.m. So for there it was like 8 or something. So it was like evening. Uh, and uh, I paid. I got the first email saying, uh, oh, yeah, your visa is being processed. And two and a half minutes later, it was done. Wow. So uh, yeah, it's very, very, very easy, super fast, very, fast. I don't know if the, if it's manual, if there's like AI, if it's an AI Alex on the other side. No, <laughs> I'm sure there's a little, little bit of both, yeah. Yeah, but that was, that was really, really good. Um, so airport, I went to Gatwick, I had a chauffeur drive, which is always nice, uh, because it cut it in a lot of places, but it's still, still possible here in the UK. So uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, you've been lately to Gatwick? Yeah. <laughs> Why did you say that? <laughs> well, I remember it was the whole whaling disaster, and I oh yeah, I dunked pretty hard on Gatwick because it was still coming out of stasis, and it <laughs> that poor place is just bursting at the seams. So yeah, I've been- yeah. So maybe I was lucky because it was okay. I mean, it was not. Uh, it was just a week before I think half term. You call it, but it mm-hmm. was the. The, the, the school holidays, it was okay. And you know what? I used to, like you, but I used to go so many times to Gatwick. And now that it's like once in a while, I think it's 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 nicer to treat it as a, it's nicer to to do this as a, as a treat than a habit. Yeah. I was, I, I went there and it was super efficient. It was fast. I was not stressed. It was like, I kind of know this airport, but I'm, it just worked. It was really nice. I was, That's I, good. you know, cuter. So it worked. I, I, li- I love. Sounds I like they've got that. their mojo back. Maybe, yeah. It was, everything was automated. It was super fine. To, from check-in to dock check, everything was, was great, right? Uh, now, I entered the Emirates Lounge, uh, which is not, the, the, the one in Ethra is better. I don't, know if I don't you think guys, I've ever the one in, been in the Emirates Lounge in Gatwick. It's one of those that are like, they're close to all the, you know, there's a cluster of lounges, like the number one and Virgin. Yeah. And the, no, not Virgins. Yeah, Virgin, I think he has one. They all like, there's no windows, you know, they all like bunkers yeah. one yeah. on top of each other. <laughs> uh, it's it's good because it's Emirates and Emirates have this kind of consistency. Um, I'll sum it up. And because you'll see that sentence come quite a few times, sadly, I submitted by that lady that was, um, so I was in the, at the bar, you know, the buffet. And there's a lady in front of me and she, 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 she keeps the champagne bottle in her, in her, in her head, in her hand and looks at it and reads it. And I'm looking at her like, what, what is she doing? And she looks at me, and she says, I just wanted to look at the label to see how much it lowered the standards. Mm. And yeah. It's a bit, you feel that there's a bit of cost cutting right there. I mean, not that it matters 
for me, lounges are just like a nice thing to have, but I don't expect, you know, I don't need to have like the plushest or whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah. The, you could feel that some of the stuff is a bit lower, but I mean, still great experience overall. I I entered a Fly 380 to, to Dubai. Nice speech at the door because I'm still gold. I don't know if I can end. <laughs> this is one of the reasons I flew Emirates. I'm like, maybe I can keep gold for next year. Yeah. Um, so super nice. Uh, that 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 works really well. The thing that again here I entered a, and I entered the cabin and I'm like, I've seen that in 2010. These this eight three eighty the product was the same that I flew back. As you know, I've been flying Emirates for a long time since 2010. Man, the cabin felt a little bit old. <laughs> it's horrible to say it I mean, because. Um, Maybe I'm maybe the veneer uh, came off after COVID, but yeah, it's it's nice, but and maybe I've seen it too many times as well, so I'm not being very fair compared to someone who's discovering Emirates for the first time. Uh, but I could see the wear and tear, like something I would say about BA. Sometimes I could see it not on Emirates as well, which is something I don't see on Qatar and I don't see on a few other airlines. Uh, it's okay. Uh, the sign that you knew that it was an old product is that when you put your phone on charging on the USB port, it's one of these old USB. USB port and your phone is kind of charging at a, at a pace of like, I think in six and a half hours, my mm -hmm. phone increased by 10% or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, it doesn't, it's not a big deal, but I'm saying, you know, these little things add up because you'll see. Um, they, they came to me first. So I was in the main cabin, but at the back, no, sorry, the, the, the small cabin, the one, the one is close to the bar, you know, the oh, yeah, back. Yeah. I always enjoy that because it's a bit quieter and it's, and it's close to the bar. So if you want to go. And um, so they came because I tried to make sense since I, I, I was traveling also with them in February. And I'll, I'll and I'll tell you later when I came back, I tried to make sense. I don't know how they do the dinner service. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of people, but it seems that they have a Either a randomized because at that time, at that point, I thought, oh, they're coming to me first because I'm gold. So maybe they're prioritizing, you know, their best customers before. But that didn't happen to me on the way back. So I think they are of a random system mm. because it seems that they're taking orders not like in, you know, rows orders. Like it's maybe they have like something on there. They all have a, a phone, so maybe their phone kind of randomizes the seats they need to take the order I'd from. I'd be very interested know. to know what it actually is. Yeah, I random mean, so maybe seems someone hard to manage. Yeah, and the the reason I'm saying that because usually I wouldn't care is that okay, so I got the order clearly one of the first ones in the entire cabin. I got my food, not the first and the first batches, if you want. So I was I was happy, but by the time and and I'll talk about the food later. But by the time I was finished by the uh, finished my food, it was uh they ask you that's nice they ask you and that's post COVID now. Do you want everything together or not? So it's not single tray anymore. So you can have, you know, your first and your seconds separate. Uh, but by the time I was finished, I hadn't been served drinks yet. Oh. Yeah. So that's also not that great. Again, I don't really care. But it felt, it's something I felt back in 2019. Remember I was telling you that they probably had removed two staff on the upper deck of the 380. And I don't know, I didn't count them. I don't know if it's, it's clearly still the case or even maybe less. It seems they're overwhelmed. Mm. The cabin was full and the service was not completely following. Again, it's okay, but 
when you pay that kind of price, because yeah, trust me, the price is, is freaking is expensive. Okay? I don't, I mean, if yeah, exactly. Right. Maybe uh, like literally 30 minutes to get a drink. And by the time I'd finished the food and I was not, I'm not, I'm not a fast eater, but you know, I was watching a movie and whatever. And yeah. So I don't know. It just felt, <laughs> and they had asked me for what do I want to drink in when they took my order. Just I didn't, didn't I, I don't know. It, it just, there's these gaps are that were visible all throughout. Uh, all throughout and and it's not against the crew the crew was actually very nice it's just that maybe they were they're not enough people mm -hmm. uh, that's what it sounds like uh but and that's where uh, something that never never happened to me oh yeah the food the food was eh i think mm. the, i don't know why it was not maybe cost cutting it was not maybe maybe you have like an idealized <laughs> memory of what it used to be i don't know but it felt kind of below but then something happened that never happened to me in like, but I've flown, I've flown memories for 14 years or something. Uh, and like extensively, like literally it's the airline that I've flown the most. Um, four hours in, there's no more champagne. What? Yeah. I mean, I know that, sorry, it's going to be a cliche, but British people can be heavy drinkers, but it never literally, and I always flown from London, at least since 2012, I live here. No more champagne. They told me, no, we're sorry, we ran out of champagne. And I, like, I had this kind of look in my face. It must have, like, what? Not, I had like two cups, by the way, guys, right? And it's not that I drank an entire bottle by myself. <laughs> so reassure you that's, guys. But I mean, what? That's, that's weird. They, they're the largest yes. buyer of Dom Perignon in the world. Yes. And, and they have like these... They have like these uh, special seller... Yeah, in France, it's 650 million dollar seller in in yeah. france i don't know i don't know man uh i it, you see what i'm telling you i know it sounds like um but it's like it's uh you know it's, it's death by a thousand cuts mm. and i'm not here saying i'm not going to travel emirates ever again guys it's not what i'm saying but it's it's adds up because i'll keep going and you'll see it adds up that there are little things that 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 you know like, really <laughs> and again the prices from london and I was using a mix of miles, but imagine someone paying I, the price from London to Dubai in October in business class, because I checked, was around 4,000 pounds. So you pay 4,000 pounds, let's say you pay, not your company, and they tell you there's no more champagne after four hours. Are you happy? It's not a good, not a good look. <laughs> right? <laughs> And, and one one of the things that you said as well when you you flew Emirates is that Emirates is known for its consistency, mm. but if it's if it's consistently down, that's that's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> and I know that they're going through a massive cabin refresh yeah. with the business class stuff, but well, thank God it doesn't trust me. Yeah, yeah, that's disappointing to hear that. Yeah, um, that that was the experience. At the end of the flight, the um, because they acknowledge again, I'm gold. I mean, they have that on their phones. Uh, and um, she came, I think she was she, and she came and said, how oh, you fly so far? And I didn't have the heart to tell her my disappointment. I didn't, mm -hmm. you know, and it didn't really matter because it was small things. And I left it at that and said, oh, that's fine. That's it. But yeah, anyway, so I arrived at uh, Dubai. I have like around uh, six hours in front of me. Dubai is super busy. You know, one of the things like late, uh, very late evening arrivals, 
the layout sometimes is still weird, but I mean, it's fine. I go to, so I'm at B gates and I'm supposed to leave from B gates. So I'm like, I'm not, I prefer the a, concourse A, but I'm saying concourse B. Uh, and I go to the to the lounge. Um, it's not again. It's not as good as the ones in Concourse A, but it, it, it's nice. There's no real quiet place. I think my cat is howling behind the door. Sorry, guys. Um, the <sighs> Mally. That's the name of my cat, Mally. Um, she will. She will give it up. No worries. Uh, the the there's no real place to to uh, the, the fact. The reason I I sorry I lost my my uh, train of thought because of my cat. The reason I prefer the A concourse is because it's, there's more places to sleep, and I wanted to sleep because that was kind of part of the plan. I said yeah, I'm going to sleep like four or five hours, and I'm going to sleep in a small flight to Jeddah, and then I'm going to because the next day I would uh, I needed to drive. And Lounge B don't really have places to sleep, so I was kind of on a couch and trying to sleep. It's fine. I don't. I didn't want to take a hotel just for that. It's fine. I, this is not a criticism of, of of. I'm just saying that if you were to want to sleep, Lounges B are maybe not your best bet. <laughs> it's uh, it's important, you as you say, because there are so many of those Emirates flights that arrive at horrendous o'clock, and you just want to get a couple of hours in. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I, I put, I had like these kind of noise canceling headphones and I put like some white noise because it's still buzzing, you know, because in the middle of the night, even if you're in our lounge, there's still like people around, whatever. And I, and I, and I, you know, I did a little shot. I was, that was nice. I entered, so there was a, there, they have installed new biometric gates, boarding gates now. Um, it's the first time I've seen them. They were not there last time when it was in, in February. Like it's like neon and they're colored. And so you have like a red when it's closed and green means open. Yeah. Blue means you're being checked. So you please wait, I guess. It's quite cool. Uh, you've seen them? Yes. When we were there in, whenever it was March, they were starting to roll those out. Sorry, I was having a sip of coffee. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't know because in February I, I didn't see any. So yeah, okay. So they're, they're pretty cool. They they, <laughs> they have this. Um, so they take a, a picture of your face, right? So they have this kind of long LCD screen which has a camera behind the screen, probably hidden behind the screen, and uh, they put like this. It's, it's it's a bit clunky, but it's okay. There's like a, this uh, Emirates uh, flight attendant that comes and say hello, smile for the camera or something. <laughs> Takes a picture of you, and uh, and then uh, yeah, I, I don't know how it works, uh, but uh, I, because the thing is, it took a picture of me, but what against can it check? Because it's not as if I had my picture. You know, if you had, if I had entered Dubai Airport with my passport, they could have checked my picture, but. I don't know why they took a picture of me because maybe they have, some, they probably have me in my database. I've been there so many times. They had to probably check my biometric against something. That'd be right? interesting to I, know. Anyway, um, so Dubai to Jeddah, upgrade. So because of the other thing, I arrive at Doc Check. Oh, well, you're upgraded. So very, very happy. I'm going in first class for the, the little leg, three hours, which is great because I wanted to sleep. Uh, dry, this is completely dry. Uh, I'll address that question at the end because I had so many questions about that. People are very interested in alcohol, guys. <laughs> I don't know what it tells about us, but you were very interested about because I mentioned about Pakistan. So I'll, I'll have an entire section dedicated on alcohol in a bit. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, I bet I wanted to sleep. So, you know, the, 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 
I, I know I say that as in I'm, as if I'm blasé, but you know it's amazing to be first class. So obviously, you have this big door, uh, and um, and by the by the fact by the way, I the first. I, I knew it was the entire flight like this, but I slept a little bit. But basically, you see desert, 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 desert. So I was like, you know what? It's not as if I'm missing anything. Was it a 380? <laughs> yeah, 380, yeah. Uh, which, again, it was, and, and everything was felt pretty empty. Mm. They probably gave me the upgrade because they're nice to me. I don't know, because they, probably there was enough room. I don't know. Anyway, point is... Um, it was no. It was really. It was really, really a, a nice small flight. The the look on the face of the flight at the end was interesting because I was kind of out of place because I looked like a tourist, and she's she's very. She says that very politely, but in a way like, "What the f are you going to do in Saudi Arabia?" <laughs> <laughs> and then I showed her the pictures of what I wanted to see, which I explained earlier, and she's like, "Is that is in Saudi Arabia?" I'm like, yeah, oh my God, I've been doing that route so many times, I had no idea. I'm like, yeah, so maybe one day you could actually check it out, right? So it's it's interesting. They need to do a lot of publicity about yes, they do, what they really. have to offer because she hadn't, she's a flight attendant. She goes to Saudi all the time and she had no idea. So, <laughs> um, the very interesting bit. So Jeddah Airport and uh, is the airport that is closest to Mecca, of course. Mm. So I, it was not, of course, during the Haji uh, Umrah. So I was not during, you know, the pilgrimage uh, when I was going. But still, you know, people go regularly to to Mecca to do a, a pilgrimage outside of those specific dates as well. So when I entered the flight, they were like business people. You know, there was two that were clearly Saudi because you know they had the the outfit, the the, the attire that they have. And other people were, you know, all, I don't know where they were from, but they were like the business suits and whatever and uh we're about to land so you know they open the doors all the doors of the first class and suddenly i look at her you know i stand up just to go to i think go to the bathroom whatever and literally every single one of them was wearing the pilgrimage outfit oh that's interesting. Yeah, changed that was very interesting that was really really interesting i was like oh. i was the only one remaining in a t-shirt and denims <laughs> what it's very, very interesting. It's called, uh, I think, Iram or something like that. I'm sorry, guys, if I'm mispronouncing. It's the clothing. It's basically a toweling material. You know, it's it, it's there to indicate that there's no, there's universal appearance. There's no yeah. poor and rich. Everybody has the same. And they have like, That's they all have their slippers or sandals. Uh, it's, it's just like a towel, basically a kind of a toweling material draped over the, the torso uh, for men and, and, and like a and like another towel basically secured by a belt and that's it. It's, it's fascinating. It was fascinating. And already in, in your head, I'm like, because that was the thing for me. I was like, I, I don't know, Alex, for instance, what would you expect going there? Do you know how to dress? Do you know, it's very hard yeah. to know. And there's literally no literature. I was going to say, there's, that's one of those places where there's, you can't just jump online and read about it. No, because since tourism hasn't been a thing, there's, you like the you I don't know like a, your trip advisor has almost nothing, and I was like so I was anxious as maybe I'm not anxious as a personality, but I was I wanted to be respectful. I was like, what am I supposed to do, right? So I've been to like you, I've been to many other countries in the region, uh, and mentioned Pakistan as well. So I knew like okay, don't wear shorts. I mean, there's stuff like, but I still I didn't want to be like. I mean, I couldn't have been more wrong, by the way. I couldn't have worn anything I wanted. I'll come to that. But it was fascinating to go out. So I'm like, I'm all, my, my mind is primed as I'm going off this aircraft. 
because I'm, I'm basically surrounded by guys in first class that are all wearing this traditional, you know, uh, Himran dressing to go for the pilgrimage. And I'm here with my black t-shirt and denims and I'm like, what am I supposed to do now? What am I supposed to do? <laughs> anyway, I go, you land, there's like, it's a massive airport. There's three runways. I think I landed the central one. And there's this brand new terminal that they just opened. They have, it's in bronze, the color bronze, oh, wow. and it's, it's copper, you know, it Beautiful. looks epic. And also maybe probably, and that's why maybe the, these architects were, were chosen, maybe also in place with the kind of the, the theme of the desert, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. The tower, man, the tower is- Oh like, yeah, you sent me a picture of that. It's 140 meters hide i think something I, I think it's the tallest tower atc tower that exists in the world or something maybe i'm wrong because they all claim you know like yeah. they have the highest or something I, that's I, pretty amazing i, I, I don't know i can't think of anything that's that high but it's so it's incredible because it's also like in this kind of bronze copper type of coloring and tiles i'm like wow this is really incre incredible and um it then and the the emirates gates is next to that tower so the very middle of that new terminal and again i didn't know what to expect at least i knew it was a new terminal and the reason i'm saying that is because if you read anything or if you've been to 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 saudi to Jeddah, and a few friends of mine have been the pro the previous terminal so the previous airport if you want was considered the worst in the world <laughs> like if you google the images i've never been but if you google the images you can understand it looks like a Really bad. I was about to say a very curse word I'm not going to do because we have kids listening. Really, really dire. So I was very, very, very happy that there was a new airport. But still, I was kind of like, they're not used to tourism. How am I going to handle this? It was so easy, man. I, you go out, you walk, there's a tram because it's, the, the terminal is one kilometer long, wow. right? So <laughs> from the gates to the exit, there's one kilometer. So you have the tram that... You know how the the tram on T5 goes so slowly? Mm -hmm. This one is a Formula One compared to this. I don't know. It went so fast. I was like, my God, are they crazy? I was handling to the thing. <laughs> wow. It seemed like in 30 seconds about the other side of the the the, the airport. Um, you go out, you follow the signs pretty, very easy. You arrive at the immigration. And I was kind of like, oh, there's immigration. Super. I mean, I'm one of the first, of course, because I was in first. I was, of course, first in line. And uh, there's this gentleman, um, so, uh, foreigner, clearly. I mean, I look like a foreigner, so clearly. This way I go, there's a person there, like, very nice. I put my fingerprints, you know, four, four, two, two, the thumbs and the four. And that was it. So and they, oh, yeah, they took a picture. For, you know, like, they have these cameras in all the airports. Yeah. They have, like, a mirrorless. So, guys in Saudi Arabia immigration, if you could send me that picture for my next profile pic... Because you have a great, great camera. You took they, they took they took my picture with this fantastic like Sony camera. I was like, wow, you're taking like uh, portrait. I wonder shots if they instead. need <laughs> like higher quality now for yeah wh whatever probably. they're doing from the from a biometric perspective. Probably, by the way, yeah. But it's, uh, and I'll come to that when I when I exit because probably they do check against when I exit. Oh, um, randomized check. But anyway, so and then. I had a check-in luggage, so I waited like huge, you know, area with like 25 million belts, and luggage came very quickly, and I was out, and it was fantastic. So was it so busy? That, was the airport part of, busy? No, like, it didn't feel busy. Really? Uh, it. I saw that because I went on, you know, plane finder, and so I saw there were many other flights, but because so the older terminals are still open for domestic, 
and some airlines haven't transitioned to the new terminal. Mm. So probably the fact, since it's brand new and not everybody has transitioned, kind of makes, and since it was not in season as well, makes it for a good experience. So it was, it was really, really nice. And the airport, anyway, it's bright and airy and all white and all clear and lots of flights coming in, obviously, because, you know, it's very hot and there's no, not a single cloud in that region. <laughs> now it was really, really, uh, now, when you exit, so when you left on your own behalf, so once you take your luggage, you go through the custom official, you, he just looks at you and you, uh, you, you're through. And you exit, and I, I was supposed I was renting a car. So you, you arrive at the arrivals hall, if you want, and then that's where it breaks a little bit because you can feel, and that's also something I've seen all over the country, they're not used to tourism. Uh. So meaning once you know, now that I know, once you know the tricks, it's very easy. But if you are newly arrived for the first time at an airport, I was, I couldn't find nothing. Mm. I was looking for a bank because I had like cash. I had like dollars with me. I didn't want to go to the ATM because I would be like paying like crazy fees to the ATMs. There were no signs directing you to a bank or to a currency exchange. And on the map, I had to go to Google Maps to find it. And by the way, since I was landing on a Saturday, it was closed because it's the weekend for them, you know, Friday and Saturday. So I was like, okay, so I'm not going to change my dollars here. No big deal. I'm just saying it was not clear where to go. I mean, the first thing you see when you exit, you have like a Starbucks and another kind of on the other side. And the feature of the airport that you see is like it right in the middle of that arrival hall. There's like a 15 meters high aquarium. Oh, wow. I've read about, I mean, I arrive and I see that thing. I'm like, wow, it's big. And then I realize how big it is because I see, I see two divers in it cleaning it. I'm like, oh my God, there's divers in <laughs> and like sharks. And I'm like, what? The thing is like uh, that I had, I need to, uh, I needed to go Google it. 15 meters high. There's 1 million liters of water in there. Wow. <laughs> it's massive. So it's beautiful, but it's not clear where to go. Uh, you have parkings all around. So if you want to find a parking, it's great. But if you want to find a rent a car or a taxi, it's not absolutely clear, but it's fine. I'm just saying that they need, they would need to, the signage was not the per most perfect, but it's okay. What you see, and that's, that's, Fantastic. They have developed a high-speed rail that goes from, I think, from Jeddah to North Medina, probably, oh, wow. which is uh, in the north. My God, there's a bet. I mean, if you want to take the train, because it wasn't one of my options. Uh, I didn't for, because it didn't let me where I wanted. But you exit, you see that aquarium, you keep going forward for one minute, and then you have a huge train station, high-speed rail train station. That's the easiest transfer you could ever make if you wanted to take the train. Um, so it's really fantastic. So I ended up finding the car, uh, rented an SUV because I didn't, you know, I was like, do I feel comfortable having a too small car? Yeah, you know, never know what, kind of, what the roads know. are going to be like when you leave the cities. It's, um, yeah, and so I, it's kind of funny experience. People are so nice, and that's the thing I want to say. People are so... You know, again, I, I, in my mind, I was like wondering, what should I do? How should I behave? Not that, you know, I would change anything, but, you know, you, you're kind of unsure. And yeah. actually, you know, I felt like in every country in the region, I could have been Jordan, I could have been in Lebanon, I could have been in UAE, I could have been in Bahrain. You know, there's no difference. People are just jovial and nice. People, there were no... Yeah, compared to, for instance, Lebanon, there was no 20,000 people say, taxi, taxi, taxi. There was one or two guys waiting at the exit and said, you need a taxi, sir? And I said, no, that was it, right? So very 
kind and nice experience. I go rent my car. The guys were super cool, our age, younger. They were like joking with me. It was the easiest thing to rent a car. I mean, I had made a booking. The car I wanted was not available. It took me like two minutes. I had another one. It was really, honestly, super easy. And then, you know, I started driving. <laughs> and uh, the reason I'm going to mention driving is because it allowed me to see the scale of that airport. So I was exiting. I had my Google Maps on top of the sat-nav, whatever, and holy cow. And then it hits me, obviously, that airport is also the one that is ready for the pilgrimage. Mm. So it has oh, to so, be able yeah. to handle like millions and millions of people coming for the pilgrimage. And that number is only increasing. I think right now it sits at like 3 million or something. I'm not sure. Incredible. But like, and you have parking spaces forever. And they're completely empty because I'm not in during the pilgrimage season, right? So, but it seemed that I was driving against a parking lot for five hours before, I'm kidding, obviously, going out of that airport. And when you go on Google Maps, you can see that they have like special zones for buses. The train is also going, you have all these things that are made just for the pilgrimage because everything Go, because it's really next door, Mecca. Everything is made for this. They're building. So they have already like a special terminal just for pilgrimage, right? Dedicated to, so it's, it's closed, I guess, the entire year uh, until wow. that, uh, uh, that season, if you want. And, uh, but they're building another one. Uh, they, because it's not big enough. They, they're building a mosque inside of, uh, the airport, uh, because the airport I was in is phase one. And I think currently is about 20 million people capacity it will go to 120 million by the time he's ready what? yes They're, wow it's crazy man it's like i think it's phase four it goes three phases phase three is going to be 120 million it's nice 30 million currently and i think you think it will go to 120 and they will be a mosque for 3,000 people in the airport for 3,000. that's a massive thing it's going to be the biggest mosque in an airport uh and, but everything looks really superb. And when you th when you think that they had like a, an airport that was really rated as one of the worst in the world, they literally went the other way. They're creating something that is completely amazing. I mean, it's it's really beautiful. Uh, in terms of design, it's very satisfying. Um, so yeah, it's it's an impressive, really impressive airport. Uh, and it's it's brand new, obviously. That terminal. I've, thank God I've not been to the to the to the old ones. Anyway, so I, I drive. Um, uh, so that was a very easy entering, like no anxiety at all, guys. If you ever go, it's very easy actually. I, I thought it would be difficult, but it's actually super super easy. Uh, the thing that driving in Saudi Arabia, you know the. The, the street signs that say, you know, this is 110, the numbering, learn the numbering in Arabic numbers because they are made in Arabic numbers and not in, doesn't say 110 our way, it says 110 the Arabic numbering way. So the three and the fours, if you don't know them, I mean, thank God I knew them because like, uh, what is that? Is that, what's the speed here? <laughs> so there's, it's only in Arabic? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, that's the kind of thing. I mean, there are places the closer to Jeddah that are in both, but I was going away from Jeddah because Jeddah for me was, uh, I was going to go at the very tail end of my trip. So it was just because not the tombs are not in Jeddah, they're like in the north. So I drove away and the further I was driving away, the less it was in English, Wow, which is fine. Again, sense, it's very but... easy. Yeah, but, but that's why I'm saying all that, also tells you they never had tourism and you could feel there was no tourism. The good thing, if there's one good thing about COVID is that when you, the few things I could read, I could, I could find about Saudi Arabia 
that did it pre-pandemic all told me that it's a very cash-based economy. But because of COVID, they pushed like uh, contactless and I could buy everything anywhere contactless. I never had need for any cash. Whereas apparently that was not the case five years ago. Now I was in the middle of nowhere taking petrol for my car. I could pay with yeah, a tap see of that, my I mean, that's iPhone. That's been one of the silver linings of COVID. Yeah. Honestly, that was super easy. Anyway, so I went up. I stopped at a, at a city called Cake. So it's King Abdullah Economic Cities. It's basically it's one of these uh, new cities that are building that could be Dubai in twenty years. Who knows? Uh, because they're clearly building it in a way to attract, you know, economic investment, trade, and hotels. And there's only a few hotels already there. Like so, so it's really made for that. The thing that was the reason I'm mentioning because we're talking about transport. The thing that was really striking is. The reason I think it could become big is when you stop there, you see the train station, that high-speed rail train station that's, I think, the next stop. Holy cow, it's bigger than Paddington, man. I was like, this is one train, but they like already made it like there's probably 14 platforms or something. I, I didn't go inside, but you could see the size of that thing. I was like, why is it so big? So they already probably planned ahead of having like a massive network of high-speed rail. It makes sense for a country of that scale to have that yeah. type of infrastructure. They really must be expecting, like, this is for the next generation. This is... Yeah, absolutely. And it looks great, by the way. I mean, they have money. Let's be, let's be clear. The the one thing that was amazing there is that, that I'm on the Red Sea. And if you've... I mean, I've seen a lot of my share of sunsets in my life, but seeing a sunset at the Red Sea, at the Red sea is something else. It's one of the best sunsets I've ever seen in my life. Wow. It's just incredible, man. It's just incredible. Anyway, uh, and then I drove, and that's a long drive. I drove to, so Alula is the place, is the region where uh, the, these tombs I mentioned at the top of the show are. From if I, from the airport to there, so let's pretend I hadn't made a stop, is eight hours drive, right? Wow. Long, And long that was, drive. there's no other airport that... that so... I looked at it. So I looked, I could have taken the train, that high-speed train to go to Medina. And then from Medina, I could have dr driven. But I said, from Medina, I still have three and a half hours. I'm like, what's the benefit of having to first take the yeah, train? Yeah. Just, I mean, for And what curiosity. a great way to see the country as well. Yes, exactly. That, I'm a, that's I'm a my, big my, fan of that. That's why I did it. But there's, so they built an airport in Alula. And of course, my layovers cap, I was like, yeah, of course, I need to go to take the like an airplane to go to that airport. It's brand new. The pictures look amazing. It looks really, really... It's a small airport because it's still a small... I mean, small. It's not tiny, but it's not the size of Jeddah. That's what I meant. But it looks really, really, really beautiful design-wise. There's two things that, that uh, preclude me. There was very few information whether or not I could actually rent a car arriving there. It turns out that I, have, I could, but uh, now that I've been, I know that I could, but honestly, it was impossible. I'm like, I, you need a car when you are in Alula, things are like very, from my hotel, let's say to the the sites, it's a 30 minutes drive, right? So there's Uber, there's Kareem, there's stuff, but it's not as if it's as, you know, we're not, again, we're talking in a country that's not used to tourism yet. So I wanted not to be reliant on anybody else. So I wasn't sure I could rent a car arriving at that airport, Alula airport. The thing is, there were no flights from Jeddah. At all, or just... I had to go from Jeddah to Riyadh, Riyadh, Alula. That took me 10 hours. I was like, I'm not going to yeah, do no, that. Yeah, no, no, no. Right? I mean, I love flying, and I would have would have been interesting to fly, fly NAS or 
Saudi uh, domestic. I wonder but I'm like, if, and the only reason why I thought about this is I remember staying in a hotel right next to it. If if there were flights to and from Sharjah, be- so there were flights. There were actually flights even for Dubai, right? Because so they're priming Alula to be the showcase for tourism for the country. Oh, I see. Uh, and I could see that when I was there. They're building the presence of the hotels, including the ones I've been in, show you that it, they're building for it. Oh, yep. Go ahead. I have an emergency. Okay, you want to stop and go? Can you give me two minutes? Oh, as many as you want. Okay, one second. Well, he seems to be going on a very important call. Um, so let me <laughs> let me check the uh, the football. Yeah, I know you didn't sign up for, to listen to football, guys. I know it's an aviation podcast. Travel, at least more travel than aviation. Wow, the stadium is full of green. It's a green wave, the color of uh, Saudi Arabia. You know what? They might actually clinch this. You know, it's home in a way because it's close. I mean, at, at the very least, there shouldn't be any argument that the Middle East should have it should have had and it's good that they have a world cup and i know the rest you know i i understand the reluctance of some of you or even more uh stringent response i do you know especially with uh, migrant workers how they've been treated uh, for the stadiums and other uh, settings as well for the lgbtq communities and uh, women's rights i know right uh, it's a it's an aviation podcast we try not to do politics but i mean Gonna always separate the two, but as you understand, I've, I liked it a lot. Saudi, what can I tell you? You know, uh, driving in Saudi Arabia showed me uh, another Saudi Arabia. You know, not the image I had, like a more impoverished Saudi Arabia. These people must be watching the game. You never know; they could win. And for them, I'd be I'd be happy for the people I met. There was this um, tour guide. She was uh, she was amazing. She explained me the tribes and these other the tribes, multiple tribes that lived and they were reunited, united. And these are the ones I've, I've you know, passed through when I was driving. So they must be watching the game. I was very, very happy if they at least put a goal. Let's see. Let's see. You never know. I love the people, guys. What can I tell you? I love the people. I understand all the rest. I do. I do. I'm, what can I tell you? I'm a romantic and an optimist. Um, yeah. And also, if you've never seen a game commented by an Arabic channel, do because my god the energy you know it's like latin america like the energy is quite amazing uh it's, look it seems alex is finishing his call for once i did an edit in a show man so alex has to go in half an hour so we'll, it's going to only be about Jeddah, and we'll talk about um florence next time ha 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 have to wait guys so uh, you were asking me yet yeah, you can fly from Dubai, so there you have like international flights going to that small airport. I think the main thing is simply that they consider that the the season starts in November, and it was in October. Oh, there I probably see. no flights then, and also there were some flights, but because I had like a dedicated set of dates that I needed to be in because of obligations on both ends of my of, of my trip, the days I wanted to fly. There were no flights or had to go through Riyadh. And I was like, you know, and like you said, and I think it was the most important, I wanted to see the country. I said, you know what? You go, you know, guys, I don't like cars, but I'm like, I'm going to drive. And man, that was fantastic because I've seen the other side of Saudi. Uh, so first of all, the, the cliche side, you drive for three hours in this desert, 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 desert. You know, like the, the highway is literally completely straight. 
and to do, you know how this haze that you have in a desert when you cannot see the that's exactly that's only what you see and there's trucks 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 and a few cars and i'm one of the cars and i'm going to hold in 40 kilometers per hour because that's the limit and i'm like this is never ending and there's not a single stop man there's not a petrol station for three hours really? nothing nothing so, <laughs> wow <laughs> so, like it's not made for tourism it's not made it's literally trucks and you arrive and suddenly this is massive massive refinery slash electricity generation thing and i mean it's it's massive it's great because it's part of kind of the cliche you have about you know oil and whatever and then i arrive in uh there's um i needed to to turn at some point to go to the mountains so there's a place there's a, um, a city called yambu and then I turned, that's my pit stop because there's a, there's a petrol station. I'm like, hallelujah, I can put petrol. By the way, super cheap. Yeah. Obviously, you'd expect that. And then five hours in ravines, uh, sandstones, cliffs, uh, mountains. It's completely against the cliche. Like, this is, am I in Saudi Arabia? I mean, completely different. I was, that was freaking amazing to see this. It's like not, you know, the, I know it's stupid, but the cliche you have is like, oh, it's going to be a big desert. And now it's not. And it's like, it's absolutely stunning and beautiful. And people, so I was at some point, you know, because five hours is long, man. At some point I did a pit stop. So I just stopped the car on the side of the road just to stretch yeah. my legs. And you see the truck drivers, they honk me. How are you? How are oh, you? Oh, that's nice. People are smiling. People are waving at you. I was like, this is not. And nobody cared that I was in a t-shirt. Nobody cared that my better my better half, she was in a t-shirt. She never had to wear the veil. Really? I'll come to that in a bit. No, never, man. That's, I mean, honestly, I don't know how it was before. I cannot tell. I'm not saying it's the case ever. I don't know. It was, I forgot for a while, for six days that I was in Saudi Arabia, the way I had the cliche in my head. It's not what I'm trying to say. And the thing that also is very that I loved about it, going back to the discussion we just had about people, is that you basically meet only Saudis. Of course, they have in the service industry, they have, you know, people, foreigners uh, from other countries, Lebanese, etc. But you meet a lot of Saudi. I mean, you meet, not that I would interact with every single Saudi I met, but the random encounters are Saudis, and they're very, I don't know, they're very hospitable, very, their English is not great, not all of them. I mean, of course, in, again, in the service industry, hospitality industry, it would yeah. be. But outside of it, forget it. Especially when I was driving. I mean, they were looking at me sometimes. Like, what is this white dude in a BMW doing in the middle of the mountains? And, like, you know, because most probably most people would have taken that flight that I was just right. mentioning. They, they would have put the dates so they could have made the, the flight. But I was the, that was the experience that I loved because I could have these memories of, I said I could... You know, because I was driving, I couldn't make take a lot of pictures. But like the people, the people that like there was this guy that I was were trying to get fuel. So imagine that you're in Saudi Arabia. You're supposed to have you know grade ninety five fuel. That's what they told me at the, the <laughs> at the car rental. I say please put grade ninety five. I go to this petrol station. Is is ninety one and ninety five? He says ninety five. No, ninety one. I'm like no, I don't want ninety one. So I go to the next one. You know, I got I try to find ninety one. They were, they were running out of 95. I'm like, in Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, they're supposed to have... <laughs> you know, you're like, what? Anyway, and I remember this guy that was gruffy. I know I'm going to go back to, to, to Indiana Jones, but you know Salah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the character? So 
that character, he was the guy who clearly was putting, because in Saudi Arabia, somebody puts the petrol in your car. You, 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 that's one of the things you don't put yourself. It's considered rude. So you just wait and they do it. Uh, and the guy looks like gruffy, like a, a kind of Salah type of character. Doesn't speak a word of English. And I'm trying to tell him, I need 95. And he's looking at me. I think he guesses. So he takes a pen, writes on his uh, hand, 91. And I say, no, 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 no. It takes the pen, writes 95, say, yeah, 95, 95. It crosses 95. And he starts like shouting, not shouting in a negative way, but like showing me a direction. And clearly he was showing me the only <laughs> petrol station that had 95 remaining. Again, hospitable, kind, trying to do okay, their best. Yeah. No English at all. It was, I mean, I love these moments. Yeah. And that was, that made the trip. For oh, me. that's uh, Of course, a lot of uh, seeing the tombs themselves, in Alula. So Alula, the region is the size of Belgium, right? So, no, I'm not kidding. It's huge, right? So, and you have, I don't know if, I don't know if you're sure they discovered all these tombs. So the ones, again, in your picturize, is that a word? Picturize uh, Petra, but in the middle of the desert, in a high where like a 700 meters above sea level, right? You have these structure, they, I th they say they have 110, but they probably have 300 tombs. I saw 20. Wow. And there's so many because it, for years, probably they were not, they didn't have like plans to open it or whatever. So they maybe have archaeological research and that's it. But holy cow, there's unbelievable, wow. just unbelievable. And obviously the entire region, and then I know we're an aviation podcast. So I'll go back to talking about travel. The entire region is, as I said, prime for the, for tourism. So the town of Alula, which is small, they have the old town there. I'm very happy to have been now because it's still basically abandoned, it's be being renovated because they want to, of course, rejuvenate it in a way that is very respectful to what it was. You know, it's one, not one of those, uh, oh, we're going to put like a McDonald's in the middle of it. Uh, it's really respectful, but you can see that there are buildings that there's a, do you know Annabelle's in London? Mm -hmm. then? Yeah. Yeah, there's an Annabelle's there. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> Sorry, what? There's a, um, so for those, you might not know, but in Geneva, if you ever do a Geneva attaché episode, my favorite restaurant is called Café de Paris. It's the original Café de Paris sauce that was invented in Geneva in 1936. Mm. It's called Café de Paris, but of course, most, most people think it's about, from Paris, but it's from Geneva. And it's next to the train station. Every time I would see my dad, we would go um, eat there. The opening one in Alula. <laughs> I was like, what? Globalized. It's not ready, by the way. It's, it's being built. But you can see that these licensing deals and everything have been oh, made yeah. because they want to attract Westerners to come and spend three, five days. And, man, you have something called the Elephant Rock. So it's it's basically a big rock that has the kind of – you kind of see an elephant. So, you know, it's just a rock. I'm sorry. To, it's just a rock. <laughs> but what they've built around it, they have made, made sand – pits where you have like you sit there around you can order drinks you can you have a dj and they do like a projection mapping on that oh, rock right, and right, it's right. like in the middle of the night and you're like what's going on there i have not even seen that in i mean it just I, somebody could say yeah they have money to spend on these things but they're doing it in a way that it's very agreeable mm. and of course you see Locals, you have a bit of everything. But you, of course, you see the locals, you know, but we expect with these, the women with their fully black dress and the men with a fully white. But then, and again, we're before season, you have me normally dressed and like it's, and, and nobody cares. It's like a mix. And you're like, 
yeah, it's it's something very special. That place is something very special, not only for the tombs, but also for what they're trying to create. Of course, it's a bit upscale. Uh, I don't think it, they're going for the backpackers, no. <laughs> clearly. Uh, not that it's going to be like only upscale, like you have to be a billionaire to go there. Uh, although the hotel I went to, uh, I know because so many people ask me, it's called Habitas Alula. Don't look up the price because you understand uh, why well, I broke the bank to go there. <laughs> yeah, it's built in the middle of a valley, in the middle of sandstone cliffs. It's the best setting of a hotel I've ever wow. been to. I mean, it's just something, there's a swing. I mean, no, it just just doesn't make any sense. It's the most beautiful hotel I've ever stayed at in my life. Um, and they have like, again, they've built like art that was not made by the hotel. It was made by, again, the Alula. They have a Royal Commission for Tourism or something. So they're building stuff, right? They have like, in the middle of sandstone cliffs, there's like sand and suddenly you have like trampolines built in the <laughs> ground. And then you have like, and you can go trample in the middle of the night because they've like put the lights in. It's like all these things, you're like, what? Now it's it's fascinating. Sounds and but again, if I reduce it to the thing that matters to me the most is the people. The people were so so nice. Oh. And it makes it what you would see. What would you what would you see probably in Jordan again in in similar countries? You know, in in the advantage again, I love the UAE for many reasons, but when I engage in the UAE with people, the only Emirati I engage with are people that work in the government. They're very super cool. I've had like, I think I talked in the podcast about the head of the police and all, like it was, super, I had like super fun encounters. Yeah. But most of the people you encounter are foreigners. Yeah. Whereas in Saudi, you meet Saudi. And that's cool. That is cool. I really, I really, really like. And there's this uh, mirror building called Mariah, again, in the middle of the sandstone cliffs. They built the biggest, it's a, it's a, it's a concert hall. Oh, wow. The biggest mirror hall in the world, I think is like 10,000 meters square of what? mirrors. And it just reflects the desert and the cliffs and the sunset or the sunrise. And it's just the most crazy, beautiful thing that I've seen. Does it make sense to have that <laughs> in the middle of the desert? Maybe not. Best not to ask in terms of, like that. In terms of what it was seeing it, yeah, it was, it was really... And, oh yeah, last call to Indiana Jones. They have a, so my hotel is pretty expensive. They have another part of the hotel, which is 10 minutes away, which, you know, you have, um, so it's cheaper and you have uh, airstreams. So you have a lot of airstreams. You can stay in a cool. super cool. And you have like airstreams and you have a DJ and you have like food trucks. I went for a pizza. It was a, it was a great pizza. I mean, you have food trucks and you have, it's really Do, fun. I mean, you never and one of the activities, yeah, during the evening, they were using one of these cliffs, you know, they're super, you know, these cliffs are like 100 meters high in, in tops. And they would project movies. And the night I went there, they were projecting Indiana of Jones. Of course. Oh, like, that's meant to be. <laughs> exactly, man. That was meant to be. <laughs> anyway, so then I went back, so drove back. Uh, so it's like eight hours, five hours in these cliffs, and then uh, three hours, desert, 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 with no stop. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to run out of fuel, not even obviously. And then I, go, I went to Jeddah for one day. Uh, I would not say that more than one day is necessary. Jeddah is one of these modern cities, which is more, made more for business. There's an old town. It's worth visiting, uh, but I didn't maybe in two hours. Also, it's very, very hot. You know, when you are in Alula, you're a little bit higher. Uh, so suddenly the temperatures job. are like 31. In, in Jeddah, it was like 38. 
So even though I went at 10 a.m. to avoid having too much heat, and I went on a Friday because I wanted to see the, 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 the old city without anyone. So before the, the Friday prayers, which are at noon, there's no one. The city is basically uh, dead. Mm. So it was great because I said, okay, I can take pictures with no one ever, and everything. Uh, but man, it was hot. Oh, hot. yeah. It's crazy hot. Taps you. Uh, so I understand why you would, why they say you should go more like in December or January because it could be uh, better. Or and and or obviously you stay out at night. Yeah. And uh, but then there again you can see that they were building up, they were uh, um, renovating the old city to make it. And again with a lot of respect because like two buildings only were renovated. They were like the same that the old ones just like renovated. So not again they're not building like sky glass towers and stuff so it's it's it's, it's respectful uh but I'm, I'm happy to have seen it before basically the, the whole point for me to go is like you i don't like over tourism and i'm very happy to have been there yeah before. You, it feels they like you got because at some something. point in our lives it is when i was especially in alula i was like guys with all their building with all their trying maybe you won't attract again i know of our listeners maybe many of you will not go for many of the reasons but there will be people yeah and I'm happy to have seen it before. This like um, becomes like one of these uh, crazy amounts of people. Anyway, uh, Jeddah, interesting city to be at. Uh, you know, it was fun there. Of course, it's there's less tourism, so you feel kind of I'm the only white guy walking here, and I have my polo shirt, and like, do I feel comfortable? And everybody's in their you know traditional attire. Nobody cares. Nobody mm -hmm. cares. And same with my better half. No veil, nothing. Nobody cares. Wow, so that is not uh, what I expected. Yes, exactly. So they had, a, for instance, they had made, uh, I've heard that they, uh, take it as you want, of course, some people can say whatever, but uh, they've authorized men to wear shorts since February. Authorized, I don't know what that means, but anyway, probably as a, maybe as a foreigner, you would have gotten away with it. And I told you for Pakistan was the same, you know, don't wear shorts because it's considered to be rude. Yeah, there were many shorts, and um, I don't know. It just felt totally. No. I don't know. Maybe it was very different before, no. but it felt. I felt at ease, and she felt at ease all the time, and that's the most yeah, important, yeah. probably, because me, we men have it yes, easier no, for sure. Clearly, right? For sure. Uh, so yeah, and do, does everybody wear the traditional attire? No, I've seen women without the veil. Uh, I, I know it's uh, I don't know, you know it's always touchy when you talk start talking about religion yeah. religious attires but it's one of the most asked questions I received. People were asking me, Paul, so what's going on with the attire? Well, and they asked me for the same for Pakistan. Pakistan is very surprising as well. Like a lot of people, a lot of women don't have the veil. Uh, it's totally it's more colorful the way they dress. Probably out of culture there. I mean, I was explaining it. I don't have the time to do it today, but. Uh, and in Saudi, you know, it's more like um, black and white, basically, right? It's more uh, uh, neutral. But yeah, I don't know. It it felt, it probably, again, it probably has been very different. I'm not here selling you, telling you that it's going to change. And if, I don't know what's going on. And I'm not making any stance. I'm just saying that it felt very easy and at ease. I forgot I was in Saudi Arabia. That's what I'm saying. I mean, sorry, I forgot I was in the Saudi Arabia I had built yes. in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, it sounds completely yeah. contrary to what I would have expected. It's a Middle Eastern country. I mean, you know Middle Eastern countries because you've been, you've been to Oman. You've been. It's a Middle. It's a Middle Eastern country, man. It's like the same, the same type of food, the same type of you know, 
laughs, the same type of smile, the same type of hospitality, the same type of warmth. The, all the same thing, guys, that you've seen in other places is basically in Saudi Arabia. With the caveat that they've not used to tourism, but they're still very nice. They're just you can see that there are gaps in the customer yeah, service, yeah. basically. Because they're not being, you know, they're not being trained to the way that uh, they've been trained. Maybe yeah, I mean that's that a generation of training. If you look at somewhere like, yeah, exactly. the, you know, the that's UAE. It. Yeah, exactly. So then uh, I went to the airport, back to the airport Jeddah. So I was at a uh, Hilton Corniche. The Corniche is a new era. It's great because you walk on the south, on the sea. It's uh, the Red Sea is very nice, especially at night. So it's one of these things when your flight is at four a.m. Yeah. So I still I kept the, the hotel room for the second night so I could sleep a little, I'll take, take a shower. And then I said, you know what? Like around midnight, I'll take the car, I'll go to the airport, the airport is 20 minutes away, and then I'll, I'll give the car away, and then I'll, you know, and then find a lounge or whatever. Yeah, I forgot that I'm in the middle of the Eastern country. Traffic at midnight is like rush hour LA in the middle of the day. Man, <laughs> it took me an hour and 20 minutes. Oh no. <laughs> so much not that i was not stressed because it was very early but so much traffic and they do drive like crazy mm. at that point i was like i'm good driver because that's my greek genes kicking in and i was like okay fine you want to play that game i'll play it and i'll actually secure my way and the only thing i had in the back of my head is like i don't want to destroy that car it's a rental i don't want to have like yeah. some crazy stuff on my credit card i didn't it was all good um so yeah so pay attention if you have to go to the airport late at night. It's actually crazy. It was uh, Friday night, so that's oh, their yeah. weekend, right? So it was their way out. And uh, so I arrived at uh, Jeddah, gave the car. It was super easy again. Uh, go, And then I realized how big the thing is because I told you how big, but when you arrive, you never see the same scale as when you depart. There's probably, and I'm not kidding, 220 counter, counters, checking counters. It's like massive and it's, beautifully lit with blue LEDs and it's like this kind of weird shaped roof that slightly goes down on the side. It's beautiful and big, like it's massive. It's very easy to find. I found Emirates. But that's when I realized that, yeah, I was happy to be early. I was three hours early. From the, the flight was at 4.20 and I was, so that's, you know, 1.20, whatever. So three hours early. And I see the queue and I'm like, what the hell? The queue for economy, thank God I had, I've called anyway, the queue for economy was probably two hours long. What? Were there multiple flights? And that's the thing when I realized that I didn't realize on the way in because I was in first and I basically overtook, you know, I didn't never saw what happened in, in economy, especially again, because at Dubai, when you board, you know, you board separately from economy, so you don't see economy. Oh, yeah, of course. There's a lot of people going for the pilgrimage. And, and thus, again, it's not the pilgrimage, it's not Haji Humra, it's, pilgrimage that they do yeah. all year long, but they're leaving and there are groups. And it's, it's, I say funny. You see these groups of people from clearly Southeast Asia, so probably Indonesia, you know, because also Muslim country, etc. And they, there's a group of 20, they all have the same color suitcase, the same color t-shirt, like they clearly like That's organized groups, but they never traveled. Uh, you can see they have, no idea what they're doing. And I say that with, not with condescension, no, 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 right? Course. I just say that with a, uh, because at security, they had no idea. Oh my, there's no f security fast track. There's no like, it's dedicated. It's like the only thing and that's going to be very Saudi though. And I get it. There's one male and female security that's oh, separated. So you know, my better half had to go to a different line. Uh, and, but you could see, and I was, 
because I was aware that I'm like, I'm going to choose. There's so many security because it's like, again, big airport. I was like, I'm going to choose security when I see there's not one of these groups. groups. Yeah. And, but then I could still see them and they had no idea what to do. And they were a whole, and that's fascinating. I was at that queue again. Sorry, I'm going backtrack a little bit. I was queuing me, my queuing for a business on Emirates was 10 minutes, not even. But I was like, why everybody had like massive amounts of luggage, but they were like uh, big boxes. I was like, what the hell? And then I realized they were all checking holy water. Crazy, the number of boxes of holy water that were being checked in was insane. They all had their box, which is like a secure box or whatever. And even including, by the way, in front of me for people that were going in first in business class, they all also had holy That's water that they were checking in. That was crazy. That's something I I've never seen. I would never have thought about that. No, me neither. It's, uh, and, 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 and so some of them, when they were doing security, clearly some of the water they had in their little bottle they were like, oh, God, I cannot keep it. There was like all these drama. Oh, and I was like, yeah. oh, my God. And then that's how I, you know, I kind of recon. Oh, my God. What's Anyway. And then, so I exit security. I go back to that tram, the tram that leads you where the gates are and the international gates are. And I told you how fast the tram is. And then I realized that also probably because they have a lot of these groups that are, are not really used to travel. You have a lot of staff. And the staff is like, go, 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 now, go, 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 like they direct you. And I'm like, what the hell? I like going fast in an airport. But I was like, God, are you stressing me out, guys? And, you know, you're entered, and the tram literally arrives, the door opens, and I think the door opens for exactly 12 seconds. So you go, 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 and the tram is about to leave. The tram door slashes, uh, shuts down, shuts off. The tram goes like 500 miles per hour, goes on the other side, go, go, go. You're like, what the hell? It's I mean, super efficient, but it's Great. clearly really, man, it's so fast. I mean, I like it, but even me that I like, I'm like, the hell, you're stressing me out with going that fast. <laughs> it's just interesting, wow. interesting way of, of doing things. Exit immigration was very easy. And to your point earlier, they clearly made, they randomize what they check against when you enter. Mm. For me, it was one finger. They asked me, this finger, put this finger, probably they checked. So maybe some people, they checked the picture oh, against what they had at the entrance, et cetera. So they have a, some some very easy, uh, uh, the the lounge is called welcome. That's where you feel that the airport hasn't been, is not ready, uh, is not finalized yet. The, the lounge was, is very, first the signage again, it's very hard to find a lounge. I'm like, the hell? This is being a round thing with all gates around and there's a second floor with all the lounges and it's very difficult to find your way, I find. Uh, even though, again, it was maybe also like 2 a.m. and I was half <laughs> tired and was like, where, where, is the, where is the lounge? And the lounge was not even like a third open mm. and it, it was a bit dry, it was nothing special. But I mean, it's nice to have, you know, my better half, she, she fell asleep on the, on, the, on the seat of the lounge and I went to to kind of wander around and see the airport because design-wise is nice. Then enter the aircraft. We're basically alone in business class. Really? There was no one. How yeah. interesting. So it was nice. I mean, we slept. Then uh, very short, uh, very short, like an hour and 20 minutes at uh, Dubai. The good thing is that we arrive at, I think, gate A12. We depart for gate A9. So easy. fantastic. So you're like very easy and we're half asleep. And that's when I realized I'm like, you know, Never happened to me. I go at the boarding of the second flight and she's like, 
Paul, where is the duty-free bag? Oh no. Where is the duty-free bag? Where's the duty-free bag? And I'm like, so I go back to the where we're seated in the lounge. But in my head, I'm like, oh, I know. It's on my seat in the previous Oh no. <laughs> there had been that woman that I had overtaken entering the first flight. And then I felt bad that I overtook her and she had difficulty putting her luggage on the, in the overhead bin. So I helped her and on the way out, I said, okay, I'm gonna be a nice boy. I'm gonna help her remove that same luggage. And when I did that, I remember I put the bag, I put it on the side to help her. I exit the aircraft, I left the bag in. Never mind. So my dates, uh, I went, I used, because the reason I mentioned it is because I use, it's very efficient. You can go on the website of Emirates, lost and found, you say the, the flight number, everything you lost, and within 30 minutes, I was not even taken off. I had an answer. And they said, we're, we're sorry, sir, we don't have trace from, because again, there were dates yeah. in the bag. So, you know, it's not as if it's a computer. So, That's cool that they so have some, that system, though. Yeah, so it's very well run. I didn't expect that. And by the way, so I'm hoping that you enjoyed my dates. <laughs> and uh, and then the flight, I arrive at my seat, upgraded to a broken seat, as you said. Um, Alex, I arrive at my seat and there's somebody, a crew waiting on my seat and, um, ah, your seat is broken. Oh, sorry. Mm. And, um, and then, man, there's love or upgrade. Which one would you choose? Upgrade. <laughs> I chose. Ah! I'm a better person than you. No, are you kidding so me? I if, I had, to... if I had, up, I would have upgraded my, my wife. Yeah, exactly. That's I what I should have so done. Anyway, trouble. the point is, it was not clear. Because we were on different, we were on different uh, PNRs, different bookings. So when I arrived, she says, the, the, the lady says, uh, your seat is broken, we'll try to put you somewhere else. Which at some point, if I had been alone, I would be like, okay, you're gonna put me in first class because the seat is yeah. broken. But the first thing I said, yeah, but that person next to me were together, but they didn't have that information. No. So that's only, I think they re, oh shoot. So what they did, they asked the engineer to come into. We delayed the flight to kind of reset <laughs> the row. And again, clearly uh, something from 2010. So I, they need a refresh because nothing was working correctly. So by the time they were able to reset the seat that broke the IFE, probably also the IFE of the person behind. So it led to a whole lot of, uh, so, you know, oh my God. They were very, the crew was super nice about it. And I was like, I didn't want to be, you know, I'm easy. I'm like, you know, if the IFE doesn't work, I mean, of course, I'd rather have it work because I have nothing to do for seven hours or something. But, okay, they made it work. The IFE was really flimsy. I mean, it worked at the end. But every time I would go rewind, the thing would oh, reset. That's so weird. I had to wait three minutes and then to play the movie again. And the, the flight was full. I didn't ask. At that point, maybe I could have, but I said, you know what? I'm fine with it. The crew has, because it's been issues, the crew was maybe nicer than they were. So it was nice. It was, I, I didn't care. Land in London. You know how you know you're in London? Well, they tell you they have no gate for you. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then, and then uh, of course, my luggage was broken. Broken? Yeah. Uh, first time it arrived to me, I went to Dinata, you know, so the handlers of Emirates. I filed the thing. If, thank God, you know, it was broken, but nothing exited the luggage right, if you want. Right. So it was, all my contents were there. And uh, very well run, man. That's I good. Mean, I could track all the thing on Emirates. They sent someone to pick the luggage up because it was a travel pro. They said, oh, we can repair those. So they sent someone to pick it up at home. Two days later, DHL got my luggage wow. back repaired. And it's like, 
exactly repaired. That's a, so, so it's not a new one, but it's exactly it's complete. Re- I cannot find a fault. It's just perfect. that's amazing. Great. Yeah. So, so all in all, it took me a week, and the week was the five days waiting for someone to actually yeah. pick it up because I think they subcontracting obviously to someone here in the UK. Well, that's really well done. So wow. yeah, that's uh, not there an experience go. I've ever had before. I mean, I had lo- broken luggage, but I've never had uh, repair like that before. Uh, usually they would replace yeah. my give me a or they either pay, they give you yeah. a voucher for, yeah or they pay a new one yeah exactly so um no many uh, so yeah it's a fantastic uh, sounds fantastic like a hell experience. of an adventure but would you after what i told you would you actually book emirates well it definitely feels like the experience is starting to fray and i think i would look at the other the me2 the other me2 yeah <laughs> um but this is disappointing yeah. i mean i i, I I trust Emirates, and I, I'm sure that Tim Clark is aware of this, and they're they are working on it. But um, you don't want it this period of limbo to go on for too long, otherwise people will lose faith. Now they need that refresh because honestly, you know how it is when th- stuff like this just happens. At least I am. I I was not angry, but I was like, yeah. F Emirates, never going to fly them again. I'm going to fly Qatar from now on. Obviously, it's not. I'm not like that, but you know how it is. But when I, in a cool head, I'm like, look, Qatar is a better business class. The food at Qatar was better. I flew them a few times as well this year, right? The food at Qatar was better. I think the crew, and here I'm being very specific, the crew on London routes is not great on Qatar. Oh, that's interesting. It seems to me that the Qatar staff doesn't like to be put on London routes. So I I find them always a bit kind of, off-putting the crew that is on London routes, whereas anywhere else is super nice. So I would give the crew to Emirates on that route, uh, but the food is better on, on Qatar. The, 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 the first class, of course, if you have, if you are lucky to upgrade, is better because it does almost, doesn't exist on, on Qatar, right? It's better on Emirates. One thing that you and me probably appreciate on Emirates is that it's very easy to understand how much you need to upgrade, etc. It's yes. so easy. Qatar is, is like B, is like, I don't know no. what's going on. I cannot count of maybe I will. You don't know what fair bucket Emirates is so to do that. Yeah, it's so easy on Emirates. Yeah. So that also is something that keeps me. But let's see, the refresh, which is all across all the cabins, is really, 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 really needed, man. Because look, even I don't expect to have many tickets no. all the time. And sometimes Qatar is a bit silly. They give you an amenity kit, it's like they're just like perfume in it. And I'm like, I don't. Why am I going to do it? Yeah, yeah. Perfume. Uh, it's probably, it's a brand thing. You know, they have like these your brand partnerships and they give you a perfume. Emirates used to give you like a many tickets all the time. I'm at that 4 a.m. flight from uh, Jeddah to Dubai. No many tickets, no eyeshadow. Oh, that's, yeah, no that's eyeshade. definitely becoming a trend, unfortunately. And you're like, no eyeshade. Just give me an eyeshade because Emirates sometimes, you know, they leave the eyeshade usually on the seat next to, yeah, on the, you've, you've flown business class. No, they didn't. No eyeshade. There was no. Usually, I would always prefer amenity of, of of Emirates because they have stuff that you actually use. Yeah. But this time they were not given any. And I'm like, again, I don't need amenity kits. I always said I prefer to have stuff maybe stacked in a bathroom for yeah. people to use. But yeah, you pay them the same money, man. Yeah, that's and disappointing. Uh, one, I, it's one of the things that I look forward to. Yeah, so I, I I don't know. I don't know. It's just, uh, I, I think next year we'll fly more Qatar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you have options. That's the thing. It's like there are options and they're worth exploring. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, 
Well, there you go. Sorry, it was a lot of me. Oh, yeah, I need to need to address this. I need to address this because alcohol, and then I'll finish. So alcohol, yes, the flights. So the, the country, Saudi Arabia, is dry, like 100% dry. There's no, it's not like, of course, not like UAE, or it's not even like Doha. I mean, it's in the spotlight right now, where in Doha you can have alcohol in some dedicated hotels. Let's not talk about the World Cup. Um, Pakistan, like as I explained, you can. But for the flights to Jeddah was dry to the point that I could see that on when I was booking because, you know, usually Emirates says, oh, do you want to check the wine list yeah. before departing? There was no wine list available. And also on the way back, I'm wondering of the way back, however, is it because of a law or because since we don't carry alcohol to Jeddah, we're not going to have any anyway on the way back. So we're not, uh, anyway, so there's no alcohol. I didn't miss alcohol a single minute in my old week in Saudi Arabia. Uh, that's just me. Funny bit with uh, Pakistan, because people ask me, so three cities, three different cases. I don't know what the law is. When I entered the Karachi, as much alcohol as you want when you depart. Like it's 4 a.m. Here is like five champagnes. When I'm in Lahore, in Qatar Airways, they say, do you want water, orange juice, champagne? And they like, they lower oh, their voice to almost, I was like, did you just say something? In Islamabad, we do not serve alcohol because it's against the rules of the country. <laughs> so it seems that Pakistan has three cities, three different Yeah, that's interesting, but you did say that. But for Jeddah, for, for Saudi Arabia, guys, there's no alcohol. Uh, the rumors at some point there will be, I don't know, but I, I didn't miss it for a second. But So don't expect to fly and have a champagne in first class to go to Jeddah. And by the way, that was one of the reasons I think I didn't fly Saudi because I'm like, mm, still, it's nice to have an a, option. Just a one cup of champagne goes with a full, yeah, yeah. full flight. I mean, <laughs> there you go. Sorry, that was a very no, long description. And I've been waiting for that one for a long time. I'm sure I've, met, I've missed a lot of things. I'm sure I'm going to have a lot of questions again about the attire, the veil, and a lot, a lot of, especially female friends ask me, it's not, yeah. Never been requested, never been issue, never been. Yeah, it's fascinating, honestly. It's um, she, she was very uh, Mel was very uh, wow. She was like, I didn't expect that. I at certainly all. didn't expect that. Like you know, you 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 you. She, she didn't have a veil, but you know, you prepared uh, something and put in your head in case and whatever. Nope, nobody. And we saw people in like women, local women in t-shirts. Wow. The times so are changing. You're like, oh, you're, I'm okay. I can be in a t-shirt because you never know. You know, you don't want to be also too. Yeah, yeah. No, honestly, no, no judgment here. But I understand that uh, some people will never go. Like some people will never go to Qatar or never fly Qatar Airways, etc. I do understand all this, and uh, we respect the different. But it's it's a fascinating experience. Maybe you'll never go. If you have any questions, just ask me. And sorry because I spoke for nearly an hour and forty five minutes. I don't know how many. And Alex needs to go. Dear indeed. So do you have another flight? Uh, no, up, nothing, or, uh, nothing at the moment. You're just watching the World Cup. Yeah, same here, same here. Nothing at the moment. So we'll do another one probably before the end of the year. And I promise you this time we'll be Alex talking for an hour and a half. So I'm going to shut up because you've been very tired. of No, me. not at all. It's a fascinating story. The end credits are very <laughs> Well, yeah. So Florence, another city of, uh, of, of uh, God, I was about to say. Another city of heavily influenced by... Another yes. religion, Catholicism. So you'll tell us all about I it will. next time. I will. Did you like it? Yeah, we had a good experience there. What do you mean? Yeah, that, that didn't feel like very enthusiastic. I, there were, yeah, there were elements that were beautiful for, for sure. I can see the appeal. 
Yeah, and elements that were very too over touristed in being in Italy. Yeah, you are cool, yes, I can see that. I think last time I was in, um, it was like 10 years ago, but I landed in. Oh, Pisa, yeah, that's what a lot of that's often the case. Yeah, the lounge of Pisa Airport uh, is vomit. I'll explain next time. <laughs> Happy flying. Job, guys. <laughs>